Wow. Building great Bible classes. That, that's a task. We are going to talk today about some ideas that maybe will help us. We work and we teach in Bible classes for children, for the little ones, for ladies' classes, for events such as this. But in building Bible classes, we don't want it to just be okay. We can't allow it to just be a winging it kind of situation. We need to be deliberate in building great Bible classes. It takes effort. You see, we're talking about God's holy word. We're talking about God's plan for us and for our students. We're talking about all that pertains to life and godliness. We want our students to build a relationship with God. And so we cannot settle for okay Bible classes. We want to build great Bible classes. We want the wow factor in our class. We don't want just the factor of, wow, she's a great teacher. That's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for, wow, that's a, such a cool bulletin board. We're not looking for, wow, these are great decorations. We're looking for our students to, to think, wow, God's word is awesome. God keeps his promises, wow. We want our kids to think, that's the same God. That's my God. I can trust him and I can obey him. We want to build great Bible classes because we want God's word to be in the hearts of our students. So what's our goal? Our goal, of course, and all we do should be to bring glory to God, right? We need to remember that we're planting the seed of God's word in the hearts of our students, whether it's in a, a group of adult women or teen girls, or whether it's in uh, the little ones, the littles, as we call the class. We need to keep this goal in mind. Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If we can remember that we are trying to get God's word in the hearts to make a difference in lives, it will help. We need to share our enthusiasm for God's word. We're going to talk about being students of God's word, but we need to share with them the enthusiasm that we have for God's word. We need to help and motivate them in Bible class to move from being a student in Bible class to being an independent and dedicated student of God's word in general. So the question today is, how do I do that effectively? I want to suggest to you that we have to begin on a foundation of love. You know, all the best recipes start with love. My mom's apple cake is something you may have tried if you're here at Southwest. But I love that recipe. I don't love it because it tastes great, and it does. I love it because it reminds me of my mom. She went on to her reward in 2014, but when I make that apple cake, I think of the day I made her write that recipe down. I have it in her own hand, and I think of, of the, the love that I have for her and doing that together. 
I think of, the, of delivering those apple cakes together. And when I make an apple cake and I deliver it, I do it out of love that was motivated by the love I have for her. How much more is that love for my Heavenly Father? How much more is that love of His Word that I want to share with my students because it makes me think of my Heavenly Father and what He's done for me. So we need to, out of love, teach. Please don't let, please don't let yourself teach out of obligation. Don't teach because there was nobody else to do it. Now, rise to the occasion, but let your motivation be love. It will make a difference. Love, first of all, that agape love that says, I want the best for others. If you, if you do not already know Philippians 2, 3 through 5, that's your homework. Learn it and live it. It's about putting others before self. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We need to love our students. We need to love our God enough to share his word with our students. It's a sacrificial and, and sincere love that wants the best. And the best for our students is heaven. It's a, it's a love of action. It's of doing what needs to be done to help. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, reminds us of what's really important. Jesus answered really a question that was meant to trip him up, but he came to the heart of the matter by saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We, we want to approach Bible class in that way. And then he went on to say the second command is, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, first of all. Be a student of his word. The more we know him, the more we love him. The more we're motivated to obey. Sorry, Megan. We're going to try to get the sound. I'm not listening. It's still still. He's already looked at my PowerPoint because he's the iTech guru. So. Am I allowed to continue? I didn't do that. <laughs> and if I did, it was on accident. Try talking now. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Are we there? I'm sorry. I'm so loud. I thought we were already there. <laughs> As a teacher, be prepared for surprises. You never know. <laughs> but we need to, first of all, be students of God's word on a regular basis, not just when we're going to teach, but on a regular basis, we need to be a student of God's word and grow to love him by hearing his word. Can we kick him out now? I have a little green circle here, but I don't really hear. Do you all hear? Could be a little louder. Pardon me? It could be a little louder. Try that.
How about now? Yes. Good morning. <laughs> Don't you love it when a plan comes together? It is amazing to me. Everybody say thank you, Logan. Thank you, Logan. It is amazing to me how relevant God's word is. You know, I think he knew I needed that so I could calm down a little bit. Spend time in God's word every morning. And you will always find a way that is relevant to your day. So love your students. Verse 40 there says, love your neighbor as yourself. The Bible class is where you'll find some of the best neighbors you're going to be around in the day. And so enjoy them, love them, and help them grow toward God. Children are so funny. They're so sincere, you never have to worry about what they're thinking. You'll, you'll hear it. Uh, they're eager to trust. Is it any wonder that Jesus said, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven? Matthew 18, 3. Is it any wonder that Jesus um, said to his disciples, um, suffer the little children to come to me, but forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And Mark 10, where... Um, Jesus is asked, what should I do to obtain salvation? And Jesus tells him, well, you know the law. And then he said, well, what do I lack? And in verse 21, Mark 10, 21, Jesus loved him. He loved him. Jesus loved his student. And everyone around him was a student. Jesus, the master teacher, loved him enough to tell him what he needed to hear. We need to love our students, no matter the age or, or the setting. We need to love our students, that agape student that wants the best for them, sacrificially. President Theodore Roosevelt said, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. God's word in 1 Corinthians 13 says it even better. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not love, I'm become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. I'm just making noise. I'm not going to do any good if I'm not doing it out of love. Verses 4 through 7 go on to tell us what love is and what love is not. So I want to encourage you to read those verses at home with Bible class in mind. Ladies, it will change the way you approach teaching when you think about teaching with love and with souls in mind. So how do I show that love? Obviously, we're going to work wholeheartedly to get into God's word. And we'll talk about that. But I want to talk about the very beginning of that class. The very moment it starts. 1 Thessalonians um, 3.2 tells us that we should increase and abound, and abound in love toward one another and toward all. And then John 13.34 and 35 talks about we should love one another. And this is how people know that we are his disciples. I want you to think about that, that class, the beginning of that class. Think about this scenario. A visitor comes to the building. They have a second grader. Mom and dad walk down the hallway and they come to, oh, this is gonna be your class. And the door's closed. They knock on the door, no answer. They open the door and it's dark. They turn on the light to an empty room, and then they sit down and wait for the teacher to arrive. Do you know that's not a made-up story? That happens. 
I want to suggest to you that one of the first ways you can show your love for your students is be on time. Greet them and meet them. You're building a connection. You want to build a connection with your students because you have something they need. They need a lesson from God's word. And so be there for them. Be genuine, but be early to class. I like to say, if you, if you come when the, before, right before the bell rings, you're 15 minutes late. But if you have anything to set up, then you need to be 30 minutes there before your class time starts. Because you need to have time to get all your stuff settled. Go grab some more pencils from the workroom. Write a verse on the board. Whatever it is you need to do needs to be done before those kids start to arrive. Because when they do, I want to greet them. I want to make a connection between them. I want to engage them and engage their parents. I want to show the parents you can trust to have them here because I care, and this is how I care. It's also really important when, when your students first come to class that you have a pre-class activity. Now I'm talking about littles now. Have something for them to do, whether it's a review activity, whether it's basic Bible facts that you want to reinforce, whether it's an activity or an item that's going to point them toward the lesson. Have a pre-class activity prepared that will engage them. Even if you just sit and talk with them, and engage them, get, get the ball game, how, you know, how the ball game went, get all that out of the way. But be there and engage in your, with your students. Don't punish the first kid to class by having them just sit there and wait for everybody else to come. Engage your students. It's showing that you love them. Now, let's talk about what else can I do to show that this is important to me. I want, I want to say... The next thing we need to do is pray. Mark 1.35, Jesus was a man of prayer. And in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus prayed in the garden before he was to be arrested. Jesus prayed after feeding the 5,000. Jesus prayed all night long before he was to choose his 12. He prayed on the Mount of Transfiguration, he taught about prayer, and he practiced prayer regularly. I want to encourage you, as soon as you find out you're teaching, pray for your students. Pray for each child by name. Pray and thank God for them. And then pray for their parents. Pray that you work as a team. Pray that you communicate well with them. Pray that you will use the great resource that they are to help your class. Also, don't forget to pray for yourself. Pray that you will rightly divide God's word. Pray that you'll be the example that's needed. Pray that you're, you'll overcome specific challenges as they come up. Pray for wisdom that can only come from God and his word. And pray for your attitude, because some days... They will be on your last nerve. There's one in every class. <laughs> pray for your attitude. And certainly, again, we've talked about love. Pray for hearts. Pray for your heart, that it's wholly committed to sharing God's word and knowing God's word first. And then pray that God's word will reach willing hearts. That faith, then, can grow. James 5, 16 
The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The active, powerful prayer has much force. Do you believe in the power of prayer? Pray for your class and your students. And then our number three little box on your note page is make Bible study and prep for class a priority. We live such busy lives. We, we do too many busy things and we leave out the important things. So set aside the busy things and focus on a time when you can prepare for your class. Block it off, non-negotiable, and make it a regular time for study in class prep. Set specific goals to work. This, this day I'm going to work on these verses. These days I'm going to prepare this visual. Ask yourself, will this help achieve my goal for the class? Begin early, weeks in advance if you're going to teach a quarter or you're going to teach a specific lesson. But even if you're teaching a whole quarter, whenever you teach the lesson, if I teach Sunday morning, then Sunday afternoon, I need to read and prepare and see where am I going next so that I have a week to make all those great ideas happen. So make it a priority. Give yourself time to look up details and to gather visuals. And ladies, write this on your note page in capital letters. Do not be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, you are not superwoman and you cannot do it all. Talking to myself. We need, we need to know, we can, if we're not comfortable setting up a classroom, there are people who love to clean, clean clutter. If, if you're not comfortable making that bulletin board that's staring you in the face, get help. There are people that love to do that. If you cannot find the visuals that you need, ask. There are people, where's Lee Stewart? There are people who love to find the stuff that you'll use in class. And they'll thank you for asking them. If you do not understand a passage, please ask. That's the way we will learn. And if you have trouble managing behavior in the classroom, ask. We want to help. I want to encourage you to make Bible class when you're preparing. Make it a priority in your schedule. And then it's time to prepare. We need to prepare deliberately and thoroughly. Clean out the classroom. Make it welcoming and tidy. You may be given a teacher's manual. I want to encourage you to read through that teacher's manual right away, page by page, cover to cover. Glean whatever ideas you have. Notice the scripture references that are going to be recommended. And then, ladies, you need to set this teacher's manual aside and get into the book. Study God's Word. The reason Lee works so hard in our teacher workroom is so that you have time to prepare Bible for your Bible lesson. And so I want to really encourage you to get inside God's Word. Because Hebrews 4.12 reminds us, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word is what will change lives in your classroom. And so God's word needs to be the focus. So I want to encourage you, when you're studying God's word, Look at the, the text and then also consider the context. Help the kids see this part of God's word in light of the whole picture, the whole story. 
Help them to define words and make sure that you prepare to define those words in an age-appropriate way. Ask me at lunch about transfiguration for four and five-year-olds. It's a great story, but we have no time. <laughs> Notice the people and the action of those people in the text. Note the places and point them out on a map. Look for parallel passages and supporting verses. And then you begin to focus and zoom in to what is the Bible truth that I want my students to take away today. What is it that I want them to glean from this passage? So you prepare, and then it's time to present your lesson. You want to organize your lesson in sections that are easy to flow from one to the other, and you kind of work your kids through learning. Here's my favorite way to remember it. First, you want to hook. You want to hook the attention of the students. You can introduce the lesson. You can use a visual or an idea. But you want to grab their attention. And you want them to begin to think about the ideas that you're going to present in your lesson. You want to help point them in that direction. Think about Jesus, the master teacher. Off the top of your head, really quick, what are, what are some things Jesus used? in his parables. Just that he was the door. He was the door. Think about that little mustard seed that he talked about. Think about the pearl, the coin, the sheep, the fig tree, the lamp, the light. So many things Jesus took and then he made that spiritual application. He brought people from the physical that they were comfortable and understood and he made them see the truth. That's what you're wanting to do in Hook. Give them that physical thing they can start to get those wheels turning. And then, of course, we want the bulk of our attention to focus on God's Word. Get in the book. It's the main text of the story. It's where you want to read God's Word or tell the story. Ladies, we need to, to utilize that um, beautiful idea of telling story. Kids love it. You can modify your voice, and you can be talking to them, and then you can say, and you know what happened next? And they'll all leave. <laughs> if you watch even in ladies' class, they'll leave. <laughs> but you, that, that idea of telling the story, you know, tell me the old, old story, write on my heart every word. We can present God's word in many, many ways, but let's not water it down. Let's tell God's word accurately. And there are, you know, this is really the introductory class to all this. There's a whole other class about specifically how to present that lesson. But get into the book. Get into God's Word. And uh, I've already told her that Karen is going to be telling us when she'll teach that series. There are so many great visuals and resources that are available. Oh, no, I'm not nervous. Um, but the next thing we do after we teach that, after we teach that lesson is... We let the kids take a look. We help them figure out, how does this apply to me? How can I straighten my picture of what this is? And so next, we want them to take a look at how to apply it. And the last, challenge them to take that lesson home. You want to see if the lesson took. You want to see if they got it. And so challenge them if you're talking about feeding of the 5,000, challenge them to share specifically during the week and bring and come back next week and tell you how they did. So presenting the lesson, hook their attention. Get into the book. 
help them look for how to apply it and then challenge them to specifically do that when they leave the class. I wanted to point out just a few uh, pictures here of visuals, but please, any visuals you can do, you're trying to make God's word just come alive for these students. And if you'll just use a few visuals, like maps. Our, our workroom, I don't know if your congregation has a workroom, but our workroom has tons of maps. And to be able to point to the place and say, today, here's where we are. It matters. And then think about just general Bible knowledge. Think about the books of the Bible. Think about um, getting the kids to learn those 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 of the New. You, you can make a certificate, and they can be in the 39 Club and the 27 Club. And then eventually they can grow to be in the 66 Club. But basic Bible um, knowledge, have, have those up in your classroom to reinforce. There's beautiful visuals. These are the Abeka pictures. Beautiful visuals that really help the kids and even us adults feel like we're there. And then I'll, I'll be showing you some uh, places you can go to look for them. But just something as simple as here's, here's the uh, Babylonian captivity. Here's the three waves of deportation and the three waves of return. Think about how much clearer that would be to the students with a visual like this. So think about your visuals. And then also, so many resources. Ladies, upstairs, we have such a great resource in our School of Bible Studies. Do you know you can audit any class? And it's free 99. <laughs> you can audit any class. It, it is so beautiful. You get to know those kids, but you will get to dig into God's Word. So we have that resource upstairs. But we also have right in our backyard, WVBS. They, they have lessons on every book in the Bible. They have course notes that you can buy that are a steal of a deal. Um, but they have all of this information. They, um, they also have teaching posters and so many resources. Then there's so many other places. You can go to the Kali House. I highly recommend, if you're wanting to get to be a better student of the Bible, go to Kali House and study Digging Deep with Cindy Kali. Oh, you'll just grow and grow. Focus Press is a periodical you, you might want to consider. And... Um, this, this is a Bible class workshop. These ladies did this workshop here in this room. They had this wall, windows covered, this wall and most of this wall covered with visuals. And in that video, they walk through and show you how to use them. And this is their mantra, and it's the truth. We need to teach them to know God. When you know God, you love God. When you love God, you want to obey God. It's really that simple. And then, of course, there's others. Look, look at all of these. Even house to house, heart to heart. We think of evangelism. They have great teaching uh, materials. They have a beautiful poster on, on the ten plagues. Um, so look at that. There's also Christian Courier, great resource for, for studying, and also Apologetics Press where you can look up. There's many more, but this is kind of a jumping off place. And so use those resources to study and to make your, your lesson come alive. The last P on our blocks here is press. Press for excellence. Challenge yourself, ladies. Before you can challenge your students, you need to challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to study the text again. Please never say, oh, yeah, I taught that before. I can wing it. No, you cannot. 
It's too important. So study the text again and be committed to learn something new, to dig a little deeper, to define more words, and to, and to apply it, uh, apply this work. Make sure we never, never approach God's word casually. I also want to encourage you to learn those memory verses with the kids. Learn them. They will love saying them with you. Learn those Bible facts. If you want them to learn periods of history, you need to learn those periods of history and say that with If you want them to learn the 12 sons of Jacob, you need to learn the 12 sons of Jacob. Don't, don't expect your students to do what you will not. So challenge yourself. And then it's time to challenge your students. If you challenge your students, you will eliminate 95% of behavior problems because they'll be busy learning God's word. And it's quick and powerful. And I want you, as you challenge them to think about these points, we'll close after, after these um, uh, few points here. Challenge your students by expecting cooperation. Expect excellent, high behavioral standards. You want to expect of them their best. Whenever I teach in, in the Bible class program, kids, I have two rules. I always post them. Rule number one, respect God. Rule number two, respect others. And that covers it. And then you can say, oh, oh no, we don't do that. We're going to show respect to our God. Or you can say, thank you for showing respect to your friend and raising your hand. And you can refer to those. But expect high behavioral standards. And then encourage participation. In the class, you want to use facilitative questions you want that interaction between you and the student is really what helps people learn the best. Start with factual questions like who, when, where. You know, where was Jesus going with his family? That's a factual question. And then follow that by a higher order question of the whys and the hows. Why were they going to Jerusalem? And then they, they have to process. But help your students Encourage participation by asking facilitative questions and um, bringing them in. Also, if you have a really shy student and they don't want to participate, you can help with repetition. You ask Johnny, what's this verse say? They say it. Then you ask Susie, what's this verse? And then you ask a few more. And then by the time you get to the shy student, they've heard it and they know that they can do it. So repetition, use repetition both for learning and for pulling out. Also, modify, modify your voice. Like I said, you can drop down and be very quiet, and then you can catch them. And you know, I, I'm famous for making kids jump out of their seats when I, <laughs> when I do my emphasis, but it's, it's really a great way to pull them in. Encourage participation by your voice, by repetition, by facilitative questions. And then, Challenge them academically. Challenge them to learn. Set high academic standards. Uh, I heard Elijah Westbrook quote Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Now he does it with God who at various times and in various ways. Uh, Miss Aisley, ask Aisley after class today to say it for her, for you. you. You can do that if you will will challenge them. They will rise to the challenge every time. I had a group of second graders that could, could quote 
1 Corinthians 13. And that's why I know 1 Corinthians 13, because I taught them, we learned together, they would check me on it. But set high academic standards. Have them memorize Bible facts and have them memorize God's word. And the little ones, the, the little ones are sponges. Don't sell them short. They can do it. Finally, don't forget the application. I am really guilty of being so excited about God's word that I don't stop and apply at the end of the lesson. Leave time for application because that's where the lesson will stick. Ladies, we need to build great Bible classes. And we do that one block at a time. I, I know I'm talking to a group of women who I wish we had a chance to just have you share some of your ideas because I know there's a lot of experience in this room. I'm not, I'm not asking you to do things this way. What I'm asking you to do is self-evaluate and see, you know, maybe, maybe preparation is where you could change. Maybe the uh, facilitative questions is something you want to work on. My goal for this lesson is to encourage you to do better and be better. This is what my mom said. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better best. Well, that's what we're, we're to do as Christians, right? We're to grow. And so, please, I want to challenge you. Don't settle for a good Bible class. Don't ever wing it, but deliberately systematically plan a great Bible class. And I'll leave you with this. Psalm 119, it's where we started, and it's the goal. Would you say it with me? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. We're trying to help be the support system for parents who are trying to get their kids to heaven. And if we can get those young people to know God's word, then they, they will be protected from the challenges that they're going to meet. And uh, thank you so much. If there is anything I can do to help you in your Bible class, I'd be so tickled. And so what a slew of people in here. I want to challenge you at lunch, talk about some of these things and share ideas with one another. Is there, do we have time for a comment, question? Any, anyone have a quick comment or a question? I thought I saw a hand over here. Anyone? Y'all are way too quiet. <laughs> Thank you all so much for your time. Thank you, Nita. I still didn't click the click.